welcome back to another episode of uh, Bad Talks. We we thought that song was appropriate. You guys are not going to know where that song came from, but it's a it's an animator that actually put it together, and we thought that was appropriate because today we're talking to Jade Seabury, who is the co-founder of Diverse Tunes. Welcome to the show. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for having me. We're so excited to have you. So. Jade and I have like a history of Instagram. I always joke that like I have some serious like Instagram family out there. They're they're just they've been there since the beginning. Just we we support each other in our endeavors. We build each other up. And so she's always been just a great um, advocate. And we work together. Actually, I was on another uh, project that she worked on, working with another couple on a podcast. So I was like, I have to have this woman on my show because she's doing great things out there too. So why don't you tell people a little bit? That's a little pause. <laughs> so why don't you tell people a little bit about um, Diverse Tunes and how you got started in this endeavor. Okay, so back in 2018, um, my childhood best friend, Monique Henry Hudson, she was asked to do a black and animation panel at Blurred City Con. And so she was like, you know, I'm really nervous about like speaking in public and moderating. And so she was like, since you're my publicist, I want you to come and like, you know, support me so I could have something to focus on in the crowd and things like that. So I was like, oh, okay, sure. You know, that's cool. I have nothing to do this Saturday. So, you know, I'm down. And so when I came and I saw like, wow, this is like a huge, you know, black people uniting to come out and it was like three floors in St. Francis College and they do it every year but this was only their second year and I was just like this is like so cool that people just get together and it's like our black version of Comic-Con and I've never heard about it and I was like this is like so empowering and when people were coming to the panel and she was working at Blue Sky at the time and so she had a bunch of Black, other black people that were all different levels. It was a modeler, an editor, a producer that also worked at Blue Sky with her. And they were speaking about how hard it was and the lack of diversity within their studio and other studios that they had previously worked at. Mm. And people, they're just the questions and things that we received in the Q&A portion after. And I was just like, wow, like this is needed. Like I didn't know, you know, I'm not in that world. I come from PR. So I was just like, this is like really needed, like we need to continue this. And so we went out and, and we had um, dinner after the Learn to Be Con and I was like, do you guys wanna continue doing this? Like, do you feel like we should start something real here and like keep this going and travel to other conferences? And I was like, there has to be other stuff out here. I was like, I know I'm new to this, but like, are there more conferences like this? And do they, have more things in the city like this and then they were like I believe so and I was like well I can do the research I was like I love research like you know I was like I've done you know research on a ton of different projects before so I was like we need to start something here I was like did you see the feedback we got in the Q&A and I was like so this is obviously needed so what do you want to do we want to continue this I was like I can get started on this tomorrow so I literally woke up the next day and started brainstorming names and I called Monique and I was like was I dreaming like are we gonna do this like was that whole conversation at the dinner was it just talk or like are you serious like do you want to do this because don't make me put my all into it and then we're we were just like you know playing games so she was like, no, I really want to do this. I was like, okay, I'm down. Like, are you going to be 100% in? Because we could trademark this next week. <laughs> like, so I 
was like, because you know, once I put my all into something, I'm in it. And yeah, she was I've like, noticed okay, that. I wish you. I've noticed that about you. When you do pour into a project, you really pour into yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So you telling me you guys, and oh, I'm sorry to all our podcast listeners out there. Good afternoon, good evening, and good morning, wherever you may be. Um, I know Miss Elizabeth did not uh, mention, but we are broadcasting from the Appalachian Blue Ridge Mountains. <laughs> and so if you guys hear any vehicles in the background, that's because we wanted to come to you all in nature's finest uh, while we're uh, on uh, on call with uh, Miss Jade. But uh, yeah, I, I love the fact that you said that as soon as you came up with the name, you went and got it trademarked. There was no hesitation oh, yeah. whatsoever, huh? Yeah, no, for sure. I was like, okay, so we're going to come up with this name. So we actually met three days later and we sat down and we brainstormed for hours and I think we came up with about 16 different names and then we said okay no this is the best one I was like I don't know what the other garbage was but this is the best one you got to give us one of them and then, give us yeah. one of the names that you you pretty much discontinued just give us one of them before you actually um I think the other one was something about um um what was it it was Insta, it was it was something about. Uh, and see, I put you on the trash because see, normally when people throw things away, they don't remember or recall them. So uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I can't, I can't. And that's why I, I actually probably I can promise you I still have the paper. <laughs> I don't throw things away. I keep everything in like notebooks. So I, you know what? That's a good idea. I probably will post it to our social media on our two year anniversary because it's coming up in a month. So, uh, yeah, I should probably, like, go back and find it and, like, post it on our social media because that is something good to, like, you know, reminisce about. Yeah, yeah. Because it took us such a, you know, it was like a fast brainstorming session, but we thought long and hard about the name, so... Yeah, I, I like the idea. Um, and I, we talked before we went uh, on online um, prior to uh, the uh, audience listening in. And the fact that the name Diversitune, that tells it Diverse all. Diverse Tunes, yeah. that yeah. tells it all. It and there's yeah. no hiding the fact of what the intentions were behind the name. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so we definitely was, um, were very conscious of, okay, so we're going to, you know, hold the studios accountable you know there are so many studios that have i want to say let's say a thousand to five thousand people from you know soup to nuts from let's say the the ground up so you have the producers you have the grips you have the voiceover artists you have the storyboard artists you have the um producers you have the pas you have the executives so from the grounds up you have let's say a thousand to five thousand people that work in a studio that work in an animation studio that make these you know cartoons and films and are shaping the minds of young people on a daily basis when they go and they look at these cartoons so if you have in a thousand to five thousand people and you only have let's say from ten to a hundred people of color that work in that studio and then let's let's forget gender all in that but of people of color that's a problem to me you know what i mean because it, and then when it gets when it breaks down even more to you only have the people on screen that are um characters of color but you're they're not even voiced by people of color and they're 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 
the words that were written for that character of color were not written by a person of color. So, you know, they don't know how we speak. They don't know our mannerisms. They don't know all of that. And they're, you know, they have a stereotypical mind of what we how, look like. you know, yeah, and sound like. of how our voices are. That's a problem. And then they're putting out content for children to consume. So then the children's minds are warped about how a person of color is, you know, is, is supposed to be portrayed in life. And when they interact with, when they go back to preschool and they go back to kindergarten and they go back to school and then they're interacting with another person of color, that's a problem. That's a trickle down effect. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's adapting the world to what we don't want it to be for our kids. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that's a problem. I want to add to that. I know lately, you know, because we've had so much of a, a movement with the Black Lives Matter and just more awareness and more hyper awareness of race yeah. relations in the u.s but even across the world i noticed there was a, a there was a, a series of actresses that stepped down that were voicing exactly. black characters which i was really surprised to hear it that blew your mind, right? Because, right because i would think automatically that a person of color that that would go to a a minority right to represent that person so i agree with you that animation you know has we all consume it all different race, racial groups and it should be representative of that it should mirror that and I remember even like for my generation like I was so excited when Boondocks came out and then I think for like little kids they were excited about Doc McStuffins I mean and that that exactly. has and that has touched across yeah. different racial groups actually because I had friends yeah. that told me about Doc McStuffins I didn't know about it because I my daughter's older but I just thought yeah. like man it's so important to form these images that are positive because our kids are so impressionable and growing up as someone that's a little older than you Jade like I feel like some of the cartoons when I look back on it our roles were either like the funny person we never mm -hmm. we weren't the problem solvers the the exactly. person that solved the problems even with Scooby-Doo which I love Scooby-Doo <laughs> it was always yeah. even though Daphne was really the smartest it was like yeah. the, the, the guy the blonde haired guy always was solving the problem so I, I'm hoping that if we can reshape like what it looks like through what you're doing through diverse tunes and other outlets like that 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 can help people to see people outside of these stereotypes because people do believe what they see especially if they're not around that type of culture you know on a day-to-day -day exactly. basis well you know they say out of Even sight out of mind do, so which, which no i was just saying yes to, to elizabeth's point you know that's why the saying goes you know out of sight out of mind so um just to make sure exactly. that that's on the, on, on the forefront says a lot but go ahead what were you about to say jay scooby-doo which i love scooby-doo and i like tom and jerry growing up and but they made fred they made him like the handsome dumb blonde you know yeah. like he was just always like kind of chasing after you know the girls and he kind of like stumbled on solving things mm -hmm. but it's like why was that like why couldn't they just, switch it around <laughs> it was very like right. But that's indicative. Yeah, that's indicative. It was just, I don't understand. But it's indicative of who was like probably running and directing it. To your point, and I think like what exactly. we what we've been fortunate to see, like even with Netflix and other avenues, you now have more independent artists that can come out, or through YouTube or other social media platforms, they can show different content to show that they're that you know within each race exactly. th that it's not monolithic, that there's a lot of diversity within the race. So, it you, to your point, you do yeah. need people who are writing for the, that character who look like that character who understand that character's experiences because if you don't have that you're going to get something totally different you know yep. yeah 
So tell yeah, me. it's just a warped sense of, you know, perspective on their parts. And I mean, I'm happy that they are standing down and they're they're taking a stance and saying, you know, these voices should be voiced by the characters that they look like. But why did it take so long? Why right. were you ever up for the role in the first part? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that's why I love, um, you know, Elena of Avalor. And that's been a great cartoon. I'm sad it's ending, you know, August 16th. I haven't and, seen that cartoon. The, Disney's first Latina princess. Mm-hmm. Like, that was that was a huge movement. And I'm glad it was on for as long as it was on. And I'm sad it's ending and it was over. But they made a point to have all Latino, you know, and Latina actors and actresses voicing the parts. They even had Whoopi Goldberg come in and voice one of the little dragons. <laughs> but it was a colorful dragon. It wasn't, it didn't have, you know, any kind of connotation about black, white or anything. But it was just, and, and even Yvette Nicole Brown was another part of one of the dragons. And it was just every, it was, it ranged from every single person of color was a voice in that, in that show. And I think that that was what Disney highlighted across the board. And it, it was, it's sad that it's ending, but at least it it was, it was there and it was there for a moment. And it was Latina's first president, you know, first princess. Right. And Disney did really good with that cartoon. And it's been on for what, I think three years now. So at least, you know, it was a mainstay and they can say like, oh, this was a project that they could really be proud of. So that's good. I mean, it's good that people are starting to think about it differently. And I think people being advocates like yourself and other people being very vocal about it not being right to not have people that don't look, you know, just basic stuff that don't look like the characters or holding the studios accountable. Like you said, there's small cities pretty much of people working in these studios and having people that look it, it benefits the studio, too. I mean, when you have a more diverse... It's been proven over and over. When you have a more diverse group of people working together, you see things from different perspectives, different lens. So it benefits because you're looking at things, solving things a different way, approaching things more creatively because you're getting so much input. So it's really a no-brainer, and it's sad that it took all of this for that to come up. But I'm glad that the change is you know, starting to happen. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen in this, like, post... Well, I don't know if we're ever going to be post-COVID, but right. like when they they finally let people back in the studios because people are still working from home, mm-hmm. eventually they're going to have to let people back in the studios because you can't work from home forever. But when they start hiring more people and like actually like doing studio work again and stuff like that, it should be interesting how they change their hiring practices and who they hire next and things like that. So. Yeah, we'll see if they actually like change things in house. So, yeah. and let me ask you this: uh, How were you? How did you go about building your team of of diverse individuals? How did that well, even come about? Um. So it's just basically. Monique and I and then we have because we're educational foundation and everything is we're basically I mean we're like the nonprofit without the nonprofit title right now but so we basically the way we hire we, we find all of our panelists that speak on like our panels and our workshops and everything like that is all referrals so people and then basically since COVID happened people have been reaching out to us because they're hearing our name a lot more and foundations are hearing about us a lot more now so um, that's been really great but it's all referral basis because from Mm -hmm. our first panel it was like oh this is so cool y'all 
y'all are amazing and this is so great so and because all of our OGs are like 30 years in the game so they're like they used to work at DreamWorks and Pixar and everything so they just all like gave us this person and that person they was like this person would be great for the panel this person could do a workshop this person can so we've just built like a whole repertoire of like now we have about, I want to say, 30 panelists mm-hmm. from, like, over the last two years that have been on our panels or our workshops or have been featured or, yeah. So we've just gotten a ton of different people. We really never really had to do, like, a lot of outreach. Okay. So people just kind of came to us and were referred to us and things like that. So. Isn't it amazing how, like, when you put your mind to something that all of a sudden things just, like, flow to you, the the doors open. As yes, as and it's really like, coming together now right. that we were, like, in COVID, and now we can get people from all over because we're doing everything virtual now. That's so. true. That's true. And people have a little more flexibility. Yeah. So, you know, you're, I'm guessing a millennial, right? Am I guessing it right? I mean... I mean, I'm 30, about to be 31. Are you a baby Z? Are you baby Z? Yeah. Okay, you're a baby Z. You're like, don't call me a millennial. Okay, that's even better. Yeah, no, I don't. mm, So, so anyway, my point in saying that was not to cross across like generations, but to say that (laughs) you're you're very young. uh, You're very focused. Just like you said earlier, when you decide to do something, you really pour into it. You you really put your focus in it. I think there are a lot of people sitting in your shoes right now that you could really be imparting some wisdom to. So I'm going to ask you a couple questions, like. If someone is young right now, they're trying to figure out what to do, and it's something where they don't they don't see that pathway yet. What you know? What things would you say to them if they've been really trying, really hard to do it, but they just keep hitting roadblocks? What would be your encouragement to them, or what things would you suggest to them to get through those obstacles? I would say reach out to your circle. I would say there has to be someone in your circle who you look up to, you admire. I always reach back to, like, my professor, who is still in my life, who, my, shout out to Dr. Grantham, you know I love you, but, um, she was, like, my main professor in college in University of Hartford, and she, um, was, like, still to this day, like, I love her, she's my mentor, and she's always there for me whenever I'm hitting, like, a roadblock or anything like that, I just call her up, and I'm like, Grantham, you know, I need you to take that advice. <laughs> Um, it's always people in your life that, you know, give you, like, the greatest advice. And she's been through it all. She's done crisis PR. She's done every kind of PR in her life before she became a professor. Mm. She was, like, was one of the main reasons I was like, okay, later in life, I'm going to become a professor because I want to be just like her. So, um, so yeah, there's just certain people in your life that... I think can give you advices, advice at all stages. So there has to be someone. I mean, even if you go on LinkedIn, like I'm a part of the LinkedIn mentorship program. Even if you go on LinkedIn and you need to find a mentor that way, like do, do what you have to do to, you know, get advice from anyone and anywhere. And you'd be surprised. You can just email someone you admire and look up to And you'd be surprised that they email you back and try to give you some words of wisdom and, you know, see whatever you want to do. There's there's a way to do it. And there's a way to, you know, get advice from someone that you admire. Like, I'm always here to help people. Like I said, I didn't I don't have three degrees so it can sit on the shelf. Like I help anybody. I have so many mentees like, you know, I'm, I'm willing to always 
help and offer advice to anybody. Yeah, I like what you said, like looking, you know, outside of yourself, you first got to be doing the action, right? And I think when people see you trying and you doing the action, it's amazing how people will align, line up with you and offer you advice and help yeah. you. There's always someone that's willing to lend a helping hand and you just have to exactly. be diligent. So when you get stuck, it's, it, I think a lot of people think when they see someone successful, that it's all them. And it's never exactly. all one person. And they have it all together and they did that by right. themselves. It's and always, it it's, like it's always a coalition behind them or a community that helped that person, you know, rise to that level. Because there's just no way you could figure it all out on your own. And, and I always think if you have a wise mentor, because I've had very good mentors through my life too, like they could cut your learning time down because they've, they've done it already a lot of times. Exactly. And they know what does work and what doesn't work. Well, I just like the fact that you uh, you really have a hand in reaching out to the community to help you. Because as an old African proverb goes, it says, if you want to go quickly, you know, go alone. But if you want to go uh, far, go together. And it seems like you have that concept down and even willing to give back to others who may be, you know, aspiring uh, to perform in a great way. So I think that's 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 good. How can, yeah, how can our listeners um, support what you're doing? Tell them where they can find you um, and also like what projects you're working on in the future. Oh, yes. You can always go to diversetunes.com or check out our Instagram or anything like that. And you can always email us at diversetunes at gmail.com. If you want to like tell us about your project that's coming up, you want us to share it on social media, anything like that. And, um, and yeah, that's that's the way to contact me. I'm on that 24/7 too. So, <laughs> and yeah, she, she so. is a nonprofit organization, so you know nonprofit organizations need help. So if you guys <laughs> want to go out and donate, and maybe if, if you know if you don't have monetary funds to donate, there might be a way you can help by volunteering um, in, in oh, Jade's yeah. organization. Sure. I just I think what you're doing is so important because I do feel like arts, the arts do shape the world. And I think sometimes it's undervalued how much. And I think we saw that, you know, going through COVID, we couldn't go to our concerts. We couldn't, you know, have access to some of the things we're used to doing that artistic people provide us. So I just, I never want you guys to be underappreciated. Anything you want to add? No, just keep up the good work. Yes, thank you, you guys. This is so great. Yeah, we we love uh, doing the show. We meet such you know amazing. And people. maybe at some point, we, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we'll get Jade out to uh, do some camping with us, <laughs> even, even if it's even if it's no. fake camping. No. She'll go clamping. We need to be in a cabin. Right. We'll take a cabin with some snow, and then I'm with, I'm there. Or <laughs> glamp. That's glamp. Or we could go glamping. Glamping's fun. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show. We really appreciate everything you're doing. Like she said, check her out on diversetunes.com. Um, don't be afraid to reach out or offer some um, don some monetary donations or some support to Jade's organization. Thanks for what you're doing, and thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. Well, we're going to head out on that note, guys. Um, until next time, XOXO, and don't forget to subscribe to our future podcast shows on the Anchor app iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Take care, guys.